We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, you beautiful souls and my lovely listeners, my fabulous friends. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Empower Radio. You know, for years, I had an incredibly challenging relationship with my body and with food. I always felt like if I weighed less, I would be worth more. And as an actress and model, my career exacerbated that belief. Maybe it was inevitable that an eating disorder ensued. But like with other addictions, food isn't something we can just ignore. Coming into a healthy, respectful relationship with food and my body has been a journey and a healing process. And the interesting part of setting this intention to heal my relationship with my body and food is what ultimately supported in connecting more deeply with my soul and start to live a life of great love. So if you would like to become better friends with your body and with food, this is really the right place to be here on Journey to Center. We are spending time with Kimber Simpkins, the author of Full, How One Woman Found Yoga, eased her in her hunger, and started loving herself. Her memoir came into being because Kimber decided to get to the bottom of her hunger and the hatred of her physical self. Yoga and meditation eventually taught her that she didn't have to live under a cloud of unhappiness and dissatisfaction. Kimber successfully tamed her inner demons, relinquished her toxic desire for perfection, and satiated her constant hunger. Kimber shares how she discovered her inner best friend and how she learned that love can soften even the toughest parts of one's body, heart, mind, and soul. Kimber successfully transformed her secret body hating to public body loving and now inspires her yoga students and readers everywhere. A formal civil attorney, Kimber has devoted the last 15 years to the intensive study of yoga and has been delighted by its ability to bring joy to every aspect of her life and now delights in bringing this joy and teachings to others. So Kimber, thank you so much for being here today on Journey to Center. Oh, thank you so much, Tammy. I'm delighted to be here. Yes, it's so awesome to be having this conversation. So I just have to say right off the bat, it's such an interesting career change to go from an attorney to a yoga teacher. How did that happen? Well, you know, it was not a straight line to get from those two points, for sure. <laughs> um, you know, it was it was interesting because I was a very miserable attorney. I had thought my whole life that um, that... I had to either be sort of a doctor or a lawyer because I was told I was smart. That was what I had to do. And I did become an attorney. I was very unhappy with it. And I actually had dental insurance for the first time. I went and got my wisdom teeth taken out. And once I had my wisdom teeth taken out, whatever drugs they'd used on me, I woke up in this total bliss state, Tammy. I'd never felt that way before. And and I was so in love with the world and in love with life <clears throat> after all of during this during this like period after the in the recovery room after having my wisdom teeth out that um I started to reevaluate my whole life after that. And I realized that I've been trying, I've been working so hard to be the best lawyer I could and that I really didn't care about being a lawyer at all. And all these other things shifted as a result of that. And and I decided that it was time to start a family and all these other things as a result of having my wisdom teeth removed. And it was That's from so there. fascinating. I've never heard yeah. that before. 
<laughs> that is a unique story. story. Yeah. And it reminds me of something you said in your book, girls, good girls do what they're told. Great girls are just themselves. That's so funny. it seems like getting rid of your wisdom tea supported you and just becoming or putting you on the path of becoming who you really just are authentically. That's right. I had spent a lot of time doing what I thought I needed to do in order to get approval. Mm-hmm. And it was finally after that experience where I decided that getting approval no longer made me happy, <laughs> that I needed to seek authentically what brought me genuine happiness and what helped me move more towards my authentic self. That's exactly it. Yes. I say all the time, you know, happiness doesn't really happen from the outside in. It happens from the inside out. But most of us seem to try the former before we stumble upon the latter. So it sounds again like your process. Um, And I'm just so excited about this new book of yours. I know it just came out and I know it's already having a big impact and I want to support you in continuing that impact. So let's talk about the title, Full, How One Woman Found Yoga, Eased Her Inner Hunger and Started Loving Herself. Tell me about this. What's great is that full means being satisfied, not just in terms of one's physical hunger, but in terms of your emotional and spiritual hunger too, right? And what's so interesting is that in the ancient language of yoga, full has other meanings too. In, In yoga, full also means whole, complete, and perfect, but not perfect in the sense of like living up to some kind of abstract outer idea of perfection, you know, like what you were talking about, but perfect in that you are perfectly fully yourself already just the way you are. And since so much of my eating disorder has been around perfection and wanting to be perfect, it's been really important to me personally to change what perfection means, to have it mean wholeness and fullness within myself instead of some external expectation of myself. So this this Sanskrit um, meaning of full has been so rich for me in terms of transforming that in my in my life and in my heart yeah I, I totally relate to what you're saying and I know for me years ago when I was struggling with body issues and the hunger it, I en- ended up at act- actually getting to the place of asking myself what is it I'm really hungry for because it wasn't more pizza and donuts there was something else I was longing for but I was distracted by that trying to fill something up this this black hole of need. And it seemed as I read through your book that that was something that you struggled with in your own way. Yeah, I had an interesting realization one day when I asked myself that same question, like, what am I really hungry for? And I realized that what I was hungry for didn't exist. (laughs) That I was hungry for some kind of food that was like perfectly sourced and perfectly cooked and had all of the right nutrients and that would make you feel infinitely full forever. And it was like, Kimber... That's not a real thing. (laughs) And that was so illuminating for me that like I had always thought that I just needed to eat more to fill to fill this up. And that realization of like, oh, this thing I'm hungry for is not actually exist on this plane gave me the chance to really focus that sense of being hungry in a more realistic direction of like, okay, I need to look for things that actually give me the experience of being full instead of looking for something out there that's going to give me some idealized experience of full that's not actually ever going to happen in this in this physical form that's not our lives are about the vacillation between fullness and hunger and between cold and hot and between you know youth and age like all of that is is constant that's what it means to be human and to be alive that's the duality isn't it 
the blessing and the curse, the double-edged sword. Well, you you wrote something on page 248 that I just loved. If I want fulfillment, true fulfillment, I must experience it on a spiritual path, not at the dinner table. I won't find it in the fridge, the top shelf of the cabinets, or at the bottom of a bag of potato chips. Damn it. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if it was just that easy? (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So your process and your path has been so interesting. And I would really refer to you as something very powerful, the wounded healer. And it's like you really had to learn this stuff before you could really teach it. That's right. I mean, Tammy, actually, the process of writing the book started because I started to ask these questions of myself. Why am I hungry all the time? And why do I hate my body so much? Mm-hmm. And literally every day I would sit down for just 15 minute intervals. I had a young son. My son was only four at the time while he was playing at the park or while we were at a cafe. I would sit down and journal. What helped me feel less hungry today? What helped me hate my body less today? <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so I started out and I even was, then I was going to experts asking these same questions. Can you help me with this? This is what I'm struggling with. And I didn't know at the beginning that I would even find an answer to those questions. It was the asking the questions themselves that became the journey. And that was what became the book. And it was, it absolutely came from this deep place of wanting to heal and, and having this sense of hope that like, because I knew there were people in the world who felt full sometimes. And I knew there were people in the world, even people who looked like me, even people who had body types that, you know, don't meet the ideal norm who love their bodies, genuinely love their bodies. And that gave me hope. And I really hope that this book, that fall, inspires people to go on their own journeys like that, that it inspires people to, to recognize what's possible. I didn't even know that it was possible for me to love my body. <laughs> it, was, it was a surprise. I thought that if I was lucky, I would get to the point of acceptance. But it turns out I blew right past acceptance <laughs> all the way across to the other end of the spectrum to this real sense of my body as being this tremendous gift. And feeling it, so much gratitude for it, and, for it and, and tenderness for it. Mm. And I can totally relate. I think once I came to the place of just, you know what, I'm going to just choose to come into acceptance and then focused on appreciation, that point to love was a lot less painful, was pretty filled with grace and ease rather than the point of going from loathing to acceptance. That was the toughest part of the journey. I think you're right. And I think one of the hardest parts about it is that we don't often know how to get to neutral. Like we get told a lot about, oh, make positive aspirations or don't say the negative things. But one of the practices that I like to teach people is just to like bring us to neutral. (laughs) Is like, can you look in the mirror and just say hello to yourself and nothing else? (laughs) That's nice. it's, It's like treating yourself the way you would treat a stranger, a friendly stranger, right? Like you would never go up to a friendly stranger and be like, Oh, you look terrible. What's wrong with you? Why can't you get your act together? You know, the way that we would treat ourselves in the mirror. And instead, to be able to just look in the mirror, even if it's just for a brief moment, and say hello, it kind of brings our relationship with our image in the mirror back to neutral. And if when we start to learn to do that, then we can start to turn it into a more positive direction. But it's like we need to, we're backing up at 60 miles an hour. So we need to just stop first. (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. You know, I say we crawl before we walk, before we run, before we fly. But yeah, if you're going in reverse, it's good to kind of come to neutral before you start moving the other direction. That's really good. (laughs) That's really good. So 
you talk a lot about yoga and how that was such an important part of your healing process. Why do you think yoga helps people learn to love their bodies? Yoga has been so important for me personally because so much of it is about proprioception and proprioception of being able to feel your body, knowing where your body is in space. And because as someone who was formerly anorexic and, and who even when I wasn't actively anorexic just didn't relate to my body at all, I was really living from the neck up. And so I, I literally didn't know where my body was in space and I didn't want to have to think about it. And so yoga kind of brought me back into my body in a way that allowed me to appreciate its strength and to notice where it feels pain and, and work with that pain and, and appreciate its flexibility, appreciate what it, what it could do, what it can't do, what it would like to do, what it, and start to notice things like, what does my body really enjoy? What does it not enjoy? And it, so it gave me this, this way of relating to my body that I'd never related to it before, which was from the inside out, just what we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's not that other modalities, you know, Tai Chi or dance or different things couldn't do that for people. I personally found yoga to be very effective. And then I started to do other modalities and brought that awareness to those modalities. And actually, there was a study done, I think about 10 years ago at UCSF, that in fact, they found that the practice of yoga can be very effective for people with anorexia, that it helps them treat their bodies less like objects and more like subjects with, with genuine needs and, and feelings and everything else. And that was certainly my experience. Mm, you bring up such a great point there, um, and I'm, I'm grateful for that, about objectifying our bodies. I think in our society, especially the female bodies, objectified a lot. So we often buy into this thing. So how can we go from an object orientation to a friendship? You talk about becoming a best friend or finding your inner best friend. Can you talk a little bit about that? I think that it's really the metaphor of a relationship with our body is so important and so helpful. And when you think, when you ask yourself the question, like, what is my relationship with my body in terms of like a relationship with another person? Like I certainly started out with a relationship as being one of like, my body was a stalker who I couldn't get rid of. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, what an incredibly toxic, you know, relationship. But, but to know that and to recognize that just gave me this feeling of like, oh my gosh, I don't want that. I don't want to relate that way to my body. And then slowly I started to, to work into that. And, and that's the thing where when you feel like your body is the enemy, right? Being able to just say hello to your body, saying hello to yourself in the mirror starts to take it back to neutral and treating your body like someone who is maybe then a friendly stranger who you don't know that well yet, but you're kind of getting to know. Maybe you send them a text message, hey, how are you? <laughs> right? That's funny. And, mm-hmm. and like, what, what kind of things do you like to do? And like, it can be sort of tentative. And that's the, it's the authentic way a relationship is built. And it's the mm-hmm. thing of recognizing that it's not going to be built overnight, it's not going to be, you, you don't build lasting friendship every once in a while. You build a lasting friendship that happens instantaneously. But most of our relationships happen over the course of a lifetime. And loving your body is, is a relationship that needs to happen over the course of a lifetime. It took me seven years to get from the point of hating my body to loving my body. It was a very slow process. That's interesting. And, yeah, I know for me, I um, didn't trust my body because I was afraid if I ate what I wanted when I wanted that I was going to balloon up to like, you know, 
big digits. And my body said, well, let's make a deal. Let's just try it for a while. And if, if I get, or if we get really fat, we'll do something else because I had tried everything, the manipulation, the starving, the, you know, exercise for four hours. It was just very unpleasant as I know, you know, so I just opened my mind to the possibility. It's like, okay, I'm going to see when I feel hungry and I'll eat. And that was my problem. It wasn't that I was hungry all the time. It was that I never felt my stomach. I didn't know when I was hungry or when I was full. I had no idea. Is that disconnected? So that was really really, um, just like you're saying, just, I just opened my mind to the possibility of becoming friends with my physical self. And it was a process, but today I trust it implicitly. We're, we're on the same team. We are very good friends. So it was, um, I could just so relate to your healing process. And I know anybody that's struggling with um, just the person in the mirror or the relationship with food, I think this book can really, really, really help you walk through the process. I, I really hope so too, Tammy. It is the, the other really great thing about thinking about your relationship with your body. And I don't know if you found this with yours, but what I have found is that is that when you think about it as a relationship, like even with your best friend, you have good days and bad days. You have days when you have a misunderstanding, when you're not communicating well. And then days when you like, when you're like, you apologize to each other, like, I'm so sorry that I kind of like screwed that up. And, you know, will you forgive me? And you, you make it up and you feel better afterwards. And you sometimes even feel closer afterwards. And so the nice thing about thinking of it as a relationship, it's not that it has to be perfect all the time. You're allowed to have a relationship with your body that isn't like, you know, that isn't the best relationship ever. <laughs> You're allowed to have, you know, ups and downs. And that feels so authentic as well. It's, so it's not replacing wanting to have the perfect body with wanting to have the perfect relationship with my body. <laughs> That's really good. That's good. I hadn't really thought about that like that before. But, you know, it's sort of like, unlike, you know, with a friend, it's like, you know what, I need to take a break. We can't really do that with our physical selves so much. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. Although, you know, we have, we can have, you can, you know, kind of think about what an example like that would be. You might be like, you know, body, I I know that you really, you know, want this or that, but I just can't give that to you today. I sometimes have to make deals like that with my body. Like I'll tell my body, I know you don't want to go anywhere today, but I've got a really busy schedule. Can we, can we rest later? I'm I'm apologizing to you in advance that we're going to have a hard day and and I'm sorry to do this to you. (laughs) Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, because we would do that for a friend that we love. That's really, that's a very cool tip. I like that. So, Kimber, do you happen to have some other tips or practices that can help people learn to come into a loving relationship with their bodies? Oh, yes, absolutely. You know, one of the things, and this is one of the main things that I recommend to my students right off, is to give yourself massage. <laughs> and it's so funny because we don't, we don't think about the possibility of like, I could give myself a massage, really? But it's actually a yogic cleansing practice, and it's mm-hmm. especially good if you use some kind of yummy natural oil, like sesame oil, not toasted, but raw sesame oil <laughs> is, um, is a really <laughs> good option. <laughs> also, olive oil, you could use coconut oil. Oh, it smells so good. Um, and, and actually rubbing it into your skin all over your body is so healthy. And it, what it does is it reassures your body on a cellular level that it's worthy. And I can't emphasize enough, like for me, when I'm like, you know, busy and I can't exercise and I'm not, I'm not even able to eat right or different things, I always do my oil. 
And in doing that, it, it gives my body the sense of reassurance. Like I'm still here. I know we're a little stressed right now, but like, I'm still here. I still want to take good care of you. Don't worry. We're going to, we're going to be able to rest and get things back on schedule again soon. It's very reassuring and it only takes a few minutes. Um, so that's and also getting massaged, Tammy. I know like that's, um, <laughs> I hope that that's uh, something that people feel like they're allowed to do for themselves, but especially the holidays are coming up. Get yourself a massage. What a wonderful thing to offer your body. So healing. Yes. Yeah. How can we honor and nurture ourselves? I think just taking the time to ask the question, it's like you say a lot, just ask the question and then the answer can show up. How can yeah. I um, honor myself? And then usually that answer can just bubble up. But yeah, for me, massage is definitely one of the ways that I've uh, come into a more loving relationship with myself. Just, you know, the intentions as I, you know, put the oil on or whatever, it's like apologizing, you know, to any part of myself that I've judged. And then also when I get a massage, just to be able to really allow myself to relax and receive that with, you know, appreciation. Yes. You know, I think actually a lot of the um, like delusions and dysmorphia and judgments and scapegoating that we have around the body would be, um, would be decreased significantly if everybody got a weekly massage. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That is true. I think so. I think it would just, um, I think it would help us physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually if we could just take that time to allow ourselves to be cared for and massaged by somebody that is really, really good at what they do and loves yeah. what they do. Because I think that we can tell, I mean, for years I, I did get massaged, but I never really received it because I felt guilty. Like, oh, they can't yeah. possibly want to do this. And I don't want anybody right. wasting their time on me. Oh. And then I became a massage therapist mm-hmm. and I really got it from the other side. It's like the best thing you can do if you're getting a massage is to receive it graciously. Because otherwise there's a fighting that happens and that's not good for the therapist or it doesn't, it's not good for us. Right. Totally. Yeah. So be able to just relax and receive graciously. Yes, absolutely. That's good. So there's something else I want to read from your book that just like, to me, is it. This is, this is it in a nutshell. When I'm best, this is on page 303. When I'm best friends with my body, anything is possible. I can exercise or lie around, around all day or go on a long hike or hang out by the pool in the sun or lounge in the sand at the beach or eat or not eat in a totally different way than I ever have before out of love, not fear or shame or self-hatred. You and me, body, we're in this together. That's so great. Oh, thank you. There's so <sighs> much joy in that. There's so much of the work and the transformation in that. And, and for me to be able to say that, I can't tell you, I never believed that it would be possible for me to say something like that. It's, it seems miraculous almost. The healing <laughs> journey. It is. It's transformational. Yeah. If I didn't know how much hard work went into it, I would think it was a miracle. <laughs> and, and I mean, isn't it, isn't it just insanely amazing how all aspects of your life changes? I'm sure it's not just the relationship with your body and with food, but I would imagine this translates to every other area of your life. It's true, Timmy. You know, one of the biggest differences is what I was doing for so long, for decades really, was I was taking this negative energy and turning it against myself. And then that's so, it's both misusing my own energy against myself and then having to use my energy 
to help protect myself from the negative energy that I'm putting at myself. Mm-hmm. And so it's doubly draining. And, once, and you battle yourself to a standstill. It's such yes, an ineffective use of energy. Exactly. And it, and it impedes my ability. It, it impeded my ability to try new things. It impeded my relationships with other people because I was afraid of revealing to other people that I was caught up in this battle or them seeing somehow that I wasn't perfect. And it impeded all of these different areas of my life in which I actually wanted to grow. And in having overcome this now, those areas are full of so much more possibility and richness. I feel like my relationships are so much stronger. I feel like, you know, I'm just so much more in love with my work. I feel so much more authentic. It is really this, it does go back to the thing that you mentioned earlier about just coming back to this real authenticity. I don't have to pretend that I'm something that I'm not. I don't have to pretend that I've got everything together. Like I can just totally be myself in, in the messiness and the beauty and in all of it. I love this quote. The, the greatest gift we can offer the world is to be authentically ourselves. And I love that you're doing it and doing it with style and in a way that's helping others. So amazing. So Kimber, can you share with our listeners how they can get a copy of your book or connect with you or maybe take a yoga class from you? Where are you at? Yeah, absolutely. So I live um, over here in Northern California. I live in Oakland and I teach classes in Berkeley and Oakland and San Francisco. My website is KimberYoga.com. And, um, and the book website is actually fullbykimber.com. And I'm, I teach regular weekly classes. I'm teaching a Love Your Body retreat shop on a weekend in March on the 8th and 9th. And if people sign up on my email list on the website on KimberYoga.com, they can get a free gift. I'm sending out 10 days of body love inspiration and a free poster that has an additional five ways to love your body. It's, it also has original artwork on it. Um, by a wonderful local artist named Mady Rose. Oh, that's awesome. I want that. <laughs> and, that's and the amazing. book is available on Amazon. Perfect. All right, Kimber. Well, I just appreciate you so much coming by to have this conversation with me. I know that it's going to help people on so many levels and in so many places. So just reverence and bowing down to you with gratitude. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Tammy. Thank you so much for making the space to, to share your wisdom and to, and to share voices in the world. I so appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And to my listeners, thank you for hanging out with me today. You make my life so joyful. Please connect with me at TammyBPhD at gmail.com or my website, TammyBPhD. Would love to hear from you. Thank you, Nate and Brent, for this forum called Empower Radio. God bless you. Onward and upward. Bye for now.